So today we're talking about community bands and the joys, benefits, and roles of starting and playing in a community band and and what community bands do for musicians and for communities and so on and so forth. And I've got a great panel here that's got experience starting and playing in community bands. We're going to talk about it. But before we begin, I'm going to let each person introduce themselves. And I'll just start with the one that I know best. So Keely, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Keely Ablin. I teach at Parkway South Middle School. I am Shannon Kreps, and I teach band at Sager Middle School in Francis Howell, also at Francis Howell Central High School with the marching band there. And this is, I just finished my 17th year of teaching, which is kind of crazy, all in Francis Howell. Wow, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. All right, and Drew. My name is Drew Steck. I just finished year three at Bryan Middle School, also in Francis Howell, where I go over to FHC with Shannon and do some marching band and brass ensemble. And that was year six of teaching for me. I previously taught in Indianapolis, Indiana, where, which is where I graduated college from. Oh, cool. Cool. Great. Well, I really appreciate having you all here. We were going to have Angelique Frame join us today, but she lost her voice, I guess, this morning when she woke up, which is unfortunate. So, but we're, I think we, we certainly have enough people and input for here. So I'm sure you all have, have you all played in community bands before as musicians, right? Okay. Yeah. So same with me. I've played in a variety of bands and a variety of quality of bands. I'm really fortunate right now to play and I think some really great groups. I'm playing with the Missouri State University Community Band that's now being directed by Dr. Brad Snow. Dr. Zastabil had had done it before and that's a lot of fun. And then I get to play in the Four State Winds, which is sort of an invitation only group. So kind of different than your average community band, which is super rewarding. Craig Fuchs directs that band and he it just is one of the best directors I've had a chance to play for. And it's an honor and privilege to get to play with him. And like so many of the musicians in that band, I think, I think probably 90% of the people in the band are either they're either customers, they're band directors or people I know. And so it's like being in this huge band with all your friends, which is a, a blast. And I play in the Arkansas Music Works Brass Band, which also does some community stuff. And so it's just a really great experience, I think, to get to play. Tell me about and kind of whoever has something to go with this, jump in. But tell me about some of the rewards and things that you get out of participating in community band as a musician. My first experience with a community band was when I lived in Texas and we had just moved to Warrensburg, Missouri where UCM is housed and they have a summer community band. And that's what I thought was normal, but it's really like the college professors and people in the town. And I was like, this is a great band. So when I graduated from high school, I started in that band, not knowing I could have done it in high school. And it was conducted by Dr. Coleman when, when he was there. And it was, it, it is such a strong, powerful part of the community that that was, it just left an undeniable impact on what that can do. And my dad was a clarinet player through middle school and high school. And he always thought he was so bad that he always claimed the last chair. But even with him thinking that he still went in and did that, that also left an impression on me as well of making sure that community members feel like they can still be part of something that is so, so good and so strong. Yeah, I grew up in a small town in southeast Missouri called Kennett. And in our town, there was a Kennett Municipal Band that I participated in, like in high school in the summers and then sometimes in college when I would come back. And for me, that was just a, it was a neat 
it was a neat experience to see some of those adults and parents of some of my friends play instruments. I didn't, I wouldn't have necessarily even known, you know, that those people had been in band in school or that that was something that they still did. And unless I joined that group, it was also a chance for me to play. I played clarinet alongside my band director. She didn't conduct the band. Someone else did at that time. And, and so like I got to play in the section with her and I thought that was the coolest thing, you know, I'd like to sit and play next to her was an experience for me and just something kind of fun and different. And, you know, we played an outdoor concert and in, in the park. And it was just a neat experience as a high school student to see all of those adults still making music a part of their life, coming to rehearsals once a week, you know, dusting off instruments and things like that to be a part of it. Once I moved here to the St. Louis area, I played in a couple of summer bands like the O'Fallon summer band when it was directed by Gene Garza and the St. Charles Municipal Band, which is, of course, like over 100 years old and has been doing concerts by the river for however long when Nancy Garza was doing that. And just being a part of those kinds of bands, like like Keely said, where you see people who like don't necessarily think music is their forte, if you will, or their career or like the thing that they do the best, um, mm-hmm. but something that they still make an active role, take the time out of their schedules to make part of their life. And, and as a high school student, especially that was uh, impactful for me to witness. Yeah. When I when I hear them talk about their experience, I just come back to my the root of the idea of a family in community band. For so for me growing up, I had a really special experience that my dad was my high school band director. My dad also directed the Laporte Indiana Municipal Band, which is the oldest municipal band in the state of Indiana. And I got to play alongside him and under his baton with my mom and with my younger sibling all in the same band, which like, you know, those once a week rehearsals where dad would conduct, you know make a little joke and then play some great literature and we all get to like music, make music together was really special. And I, I think as like a, you know, 16, 17 year, 18 year old, I didn't really get that as much as I do now. When was the last time all four of us played together? And more so than that, you know, my family was playing, but I also be kind of became very connected with those people. You know, the second trumpet player would always, you know, a little kid would always take me out for ice cream when my dad was cleaning up the band. Like the idea of community is a little bit more than just the music and the notes and the idea of we can all be connected because we care about a common thing. And then the idea of, you know, the same people sat in the same bench in the park every Wednesday night to hear us, they become part of that community. And it's an idea that the music brings us together in more ways than just the notes was really helped me as a young band director as well. Yeah. God, what a great story, man. That's, that's an amazing experience. Both my kids play. My oldest is a trombone player and my youngest is a tuba player. And actually youngest, maybe the best musician out of all of us doing a nice job with it. His mom was his band director. And so maybe that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Linda's such a good low brass player too. We'll, we've done like little family quartets and stuff during Christmas, but I'd love to get them to where they could start playing in the community bands together because what a great experience that'd be to play with my kids in these bands it's so much fun that's that's a great idea you know i i'd mentioned the some of the 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 invitation groups those are so fun and rewarding to to play and you play you know much harder literature and and general the general overall level of musicianship is very high and there's something about kind of being in the trenches with old friends and new friends and playing challenging music and all like, I mean, there's just something very fun and rewarding about that. And I just like to play. And so I honestly, I think I kind of got back into playing in the, to the local community band, mainly just because I wanted to play. I with rehearses Monday nights. I kind of never have anything on a Monday night. It's like, well, I just want to play like, I'll, so I'll just do that. And we've played a few concerts and I enjoyed it, played good music, nice people around me. Like it's very pleasant. 
And I kind of had an epiphany on the last concert we played, which was sort of funny because it was an outdoor concert at Wilson's Creek Battlefield. And I didn't care for the music that much, really. Like we played a bunch of music. A lot of it I felt like was sort of like your typical cheesy community band music. And historically that band, I felt like just plays good literature. And and I was kind of down on the concert the whole time. And I think people in my section sort of were too. We'd kind of grumble about, we didn't like, didn't like the music. And and then we get to this concert. It's going to be an outdoor concert in June or May or late May or early June. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's going to be hot. I'm just kind of being whiny, you know, <laughs> and uh, like, it's going to be hot. Yeah. And then we get to the venue and there's like no actual place for the band to set up. Like there's no, you know, amphitheater or anything like that. The band's literally just sitting in like, in this like half of a hill. And so you're in the grass with the bugs and the chairs, like leaning over at an angle. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, this is this this sucks like this. I, I don't know why we're doing this. This is terrible. And I'm just really being kind of like a pill the whole time. <laughs> and I'm figuring like, you know, there's probably gonna be no one here. Cause it's great Lake weekend and it's Memorial day weekend. And, and then all of a sudden, like, as we start, we're 10 minutes away, I kind of look out and like people are just showing up and they're probably ended up being 60 or 70 or more people that showed up in the audience. And we played. And I remember thinking like, this is really cool now i'm like i've been looking at this the wrong way i've been looking at this like as a musician and as a trumpet player that wants to be challenged and what i should be looking at this is like my fellow citizens that love and appreciate music making music together for our neighbors and for our community and we are sharing in this bond together we're sharing it talent and a lifelong skill that we've developed and with our community and like that kind of turned my head around a couple songs into that concert. And I immediately just like felt differently about the music that I was playing. I felt different about, I didn't feel still great about sitting wonky on the <laughs> thing in the sun in my eyes and like try not to have a heat stroke. But other than that, like it was, it was very enjoyable. And it really kind of got me into this whole thing about like playing for our community to, to serve our community and to share a piece of ourselves that's important with our community and connecting with them. And I, I think that's just been such a such an enjoyable thing. And I now relish getting to go back. And um, yeah, I, I may be one of the better musicians in the band. I'm definitely not the best musician in the band, but I want to share like my gift and my passions with the other people that maybe don't have the technical ability that I have, but still have the same love to show up and play. And it's totally kind of recast my mind. And as a trumpet player, I think anything that we can do to reduce our ego is something <laughs> that's useful for us. So have you all had a similar experience? Well, I, I think that like one of the, one of the neat things about community bands is that there are those different types out there. Right. I mean, I think that when, you know, when you look at maybe a summer band that is more community based or a, an invitation band, as you described it earlier, I think that the the nice thing about it is that there is reminding people, reminding the community, reminding our students and, and the music education community as a whole that there is a place for everyone. You just have to find what that band is for you. And and I remember distinctly, like in my first few years of teaching, feeling so disconnected from like the musicianship of college, right? Like, I mean, from the being surrounded by like-minded people who were all music majors and were all, you know, dedicated to practicing and honing their craft and, and being the best musicians they could. And I remember how, like, how awkward that felt for a few years to be like in the midst of 
you know, beginning band every day as opposed to college band, you know, where everyone around you, you knew had that same dedication. And so I think that for me, like I, I've played with and I know that many St. Louis band directors have with the St. Louis Wind Symphony for I played with them for maybe six years recently. And and being back in that kind of group was nice because it was it was challenging for me again. Right. To find that like, oh, I'm surrounded by people who are going to push me a little bit and then playing with, you know, my own community band here is different, you know, sitting in and playing with my own students. I think there's just a different, a different kind of enjoyment, right? Like what you discovered on that hill or on the side of that half hill. You know, I think there's, there's reasons to enjoy all of it. There's reasons to enjoy being pushed a little bit when you need that. And then there's reasons to enjoy just sharing and having, having the actual, just like true fun of it. Right. And so one of the biggest services I think that we can provide to the community is to remind them that they, that all of those things exist. I think our communities benefit too, maybe maybe now more than ever, but our communities benefit too from seeing their neighbors up on stage performing. You know, and I think most people, of course, get very nervous about the idea of public speaking or some kind of public performance and to see their friends and neighbors putting a performance in front of them. I, I think that's something that's helps to bring us closer together, even though we may have other differences in other areas. So I think it's sure. really important for that. And I think along with that, it, you know, the more we do that, you know, especially as music educators, the more we demonstrate that we remove barriers, right? There's that so many, like you talked about that barrier of people who don't want to public speak. There's so many people who are like, mm, you know, I want to just be the last chair clarinet player, or I could never do that. The more we can encourage people that be in these ensembles and go out and do it, the less barrier there is between just getting out and making music, which, you know, same thing we see in class when kids don't want to play or don't want to demonstrate or don't want to try improvising in jazz band. We just have to remove, do everything we can to remove performance barriers. And some of that is just us getting into the community and saying, you know what, I'm here. Let's make some music with the people who are here. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the things like when starting the community band at my school, getting parents to feel like it was okay. I think we all, we all tend to want to be good at something and to put yourself in a situation where you're not as good as you used to be, because I feel that way about myself even right now, but we're not as good as we used to be, or you haven't played in 30 years. It's it's taking that barrier away that it's okay. It's come on in. You will have backup. It's going to be okay. We're here just to be a community through music. So taking that, like you said, taking that barrier away and making people feel okay is the first hurdle into starting that or getting someone to sign up for one, whether it's through your school or somewhere else in the community. Cause we want to be good and we want to yeah. get into a situation where we're not necessarily good anymore. So. Yeah. I think you want to remind people that, you know, enjoying something is not necessarily equated with being really good at it. Right. I mean, like, you know, you can enjoy painting and be a ter be terrible at it. I mean, I I'm not a great painter, but I think it's fun, you know, and, yeah. I, I think that those kinds of reminders with music, too. I mean, like you, you cannot you can be like a work in progress, right, on those things, but still derive enjoyment from it because we're so used to in this day and age, especially our students, too, that they're only enjoying things if they're good at them. And, mm -hmm. and they only want to invest time in things that they're good at, not not getting the back, you know, story of but you're not going to be good at until you invest time at it. You know, you're there are some things that you're not naturally going to just jump in and be great at. But if you work at it, you might be better or you might just still enjoy it some and still be an average player or an average artist or an average whatever. You know, and I think that too often we drive our schedules by what we're like Keely said, what we're really good at. We want to be good at things and it's hard when we're not. Mm hmm. 
I think if, if especially if we're going to put ourselves out there where people can see it, like there's uh, some of us may want that ego reward of having people admire or think, gosh, I wish I could do that, you know, and it, it, it puts, I think that's for me, that's one of my biggest points of when I have performance anxiety, it's because I'm not playing for the right reason. I'm not playing because I want to make music. I'm not playing for my own enjoyment. I'm not playing to communicate or share. I'm playing because I want people to think like, oh, wow, he's really good. Like, that's why I'm playing. And like, that's, that's when my head starts to go wrong. And I've often kind of sort of kept that to myself. And I remember talking with a friend and section partner of mine, Trey Waddell, who's also the band director at, at Carl Junction at, on a Midwest trip, actually. And we were sitting in the front seat of of, of our van and we were just talking. I just told and like everybody else was wrapped up in their own conversation. It was just Trey. And I was like, you know, I mean, I, I play. And like, when I play for others, I, I want them to be impressed with what they hear. I'm sort of ashamed to admit that, you know, and he's like, it's okay. I do too. And I'm like, all right, well, at least we're sort of sad together. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I still fall into that trap sometimes, but, but you kind of can't help it. Cause you, you know, I, you work hard at it, you know, right. you, and then and Trey probably be, is maybe more obsessed than I am. He practices like a ton. And, you know, if, you, if you're putting that much into building a, a piece of furniture, you know, if you were spending hours and hours working on your craft as a woodworker and you built a piece of furniture, you probably want people to go ooh and all over it, you know, not to go, oh, yeah, nice table. Like you, you wouldn't want that. You probably want them to go, that's beautiful. Is that mahogany? Or like, I don't know, like you'd want them to like be excited about it. And so I, I get that. I get I that. I tend to like, I tend to remind myself of when I am most moved as an audience member and you know, sometimes it is like in in total awe of someone, right, being just an amazing musician. But a lot of times, too, it's when I can see how much they're enjoying what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And and yes, of you know, it, of course, I want them to be proficient at playing an instrument or the music to sound good. But I, at the same time, sometimes when I'm most moved watching something is, you know, maybe a group of middle schoolers or a group of high schoolers that you see it on their faces when they end how proud they are of that combined product, right? And so, or how much joy you see them experiencing while they're just playing or while they're in a musical or a play or whatever it is, that feeling of just joint contribution and 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 pride at the end of something, right? And so I, I try to remind myself too that that, that it's a by like I'm feeling that by like by proxy right like I'm feeling joy for them because I see how much enjoyment they're getting out of it and sometimes you can also watch someone be an outstanding musician but they don't look like they're enjoying it and I I don't love that you know like I I'm like oh but you just look like you don't like you like you just pained yourself to do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I never want music for me. I don't want it to ever be a, something that's absent of joy. Right. You know, I don't want it to be absent of enjoyment. So I don't want that for my students or, you know, my community members either. I think to, again, to remind them just that like sometimes what's impressive to the audience is how much fun we're having together and how much enjoyment we're getting out of this as a group. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of that enjoyment for me, like if I think about my time as a, as a, a kid sitting in those community bands was sitting next to that trumpet player who had been playing in the trumpet session for 30 years and could tell, you know, he's like, Hey, see this piece let like 14 years ago when we did this, I missed this. And I still see the note I wrote and like getting to like learn about like, okay, it's fun to be goofy with some of these things. And it's funny to remember and look back and like seeing how, like, you know, I can picture this trumpet player named Rudy in my head who replayed trumpet for 35 years in the band. And like, Every new trumpet player got to sit next to Rudy on purpose because Rudy would kind of condition <laughs> them how to how here's how things go. And like 
you get the personality of the ensemble and that's where the pride comes from. And that's where the, the sense of identity that sometimes is replaced by the drive for excellence. And I think that's the, the difference in the community of my mindset is they can be great and they can be sound really amazing, but that's not goal number one. It's here's who we are as people and here's how we enjoy each other. And here's how we like have these quirky little interactions. It's just says so much for like, you know, if our kids are able to be a part of those, they learn all those things that we don't, and we talk about in the band room, but sometimes you get to just learn by living them in a different yeah. way. I think sometimes you're kind of talking about like, not always the, the stress being on like the performance quality. I think that's sometimes difficult for people that maybe if you're like a section leader or even the director, I think internally I've seen them struggle with that. Cause on the one hand, they think need, you know, should give some instruction here to improve the, what's what I'm currently hearing. But I think on the other hand, they also are concerned. They don't want to like upset or offend anybody. And I think maybe I, I'm thick skinned on this possibly. I'd certainly want to hear your viewpoints of it, but you know, I'm of the mindset if I'm coming in and doing something every week, you know, I want the feedback so I can get better at it. You know, you don't have to like scream and yell at me and throw pencils and batons at me. Like maybe like, you know, former directors would have when I was younger, but you know, constructive criticism and feedback that's designed to help and make me better is welcome both from not only from the, the director, but also from section leaders or better players around me. How, how have you all handled that in groups that you've been a part of? I think that ties into kind of what Shannon said about finding the group that fits you. I know that there's certain literature I can pick and a certain level and a certain intensity it, when I'm the conductor of it, that if I were sitting in it, I would want probably something different. But as the conductor and the, the group and what I'm trying to promote in my community band is, is just the community. It's, it's really the community and bringing people together that maybe they're piano players and they're willing to come in and try a mallet that they've never played before. So there's just, it's just a different, you, you've got to find the right fit. So when I am the director of my community band, it is a different mindset than if I'm choosing one that I want to be a part of to play in. I think so much of what you can and can't say to the people in front of you is based on your relationship with them, right? And how they perceive you as a leader and how they perceive you as a musician and a person, right? I mean, the the community band, you know, that that knows you well. And it, what, what you said earlier, Donovan, at the beginning about like being surrounded by a bunch of your friends. So like I've described my community band here as like, people miss Krebs nose. <laughs> like at, you know, at some point, you know, there was a year where I had, you know, some of my students and some of my former students and parents and staff members, but then I had also just like recruited some like people that, you know, lived near that I went to college with and I knew used to play, you know? So like, I was like, this is like a, a group of people that you all know me in some way, but you don't necessarily all know each other yet. But I think that, you know, my relationship with all of those people determines how, how they receive that feedback from me. Right. And so I also know that my poor little seventh grade kid who is struggling to keep up at the moment probably can't handle some things, but I know that my high school senior that has known me for seven years and is, you know, not keeping up because they haven't practiced it, you know, can, mm -hmm. can handle that feedback. And I think how you give that individually or as a group, or, you know, sometimes I address things to specific groups in my band. Like I'll say, okay, so if you're a seventh grader right now, don't worry about this. But if you're a junior or a senior, guess what? Demonstrate this, you know, like let's, let's hang, let's do this the right way. And, and I think it's all, 
like everything, it's about the family aspect of it, the relationship of it. And if you, if you know your people well, then you can say a lot, you can say a lot more to them, right? They can, they can understand where your heart's at and where you're coming from. Okay. I think the heart thing, you nailed it. And I, and I think it's also a great point to recognize capability, you know, like if, if you're working with a brass section and, you know, maybe they just don't have like a, a great command of their upper register, maybe worrying about their intonation and stuff is sort of pointless because they're just pinching, pressing and praying that the note comes out. <laughs> the last thing they care if it's in tune. So it's sort of like that kind of feedback is, is, is useless. I, I, and so it's a good point to keep in mind. I was thinking more in just a, sometimes people just feel uncomfortable you know, offering suggestions to people in their sections. And I think for me, I feel more like you're either the type of person that tells someone their fly is down or you're not, you know, and, and, and damn it, like you should be the kind of person that is, you know, because like, you know, you're, I'm going to owe you one. If you say, Hey, Donovan, you know, like if you tell me like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little embarrassed, but I'm going to be very thankful that you said something. And I, I know I've been in the situation where I get home at the end of the day and realize how long have my pants been unzipped and how come no one said anything all day, you know? <laughs> and so just mortified. No one else that's happened to just me. Okay. Well, anyway, so, or maybe food in your teeth, you know, if you have food in your teeth, like, yeah, it's a little embarrassing to tell someone like, Hey, you got that, but like, you're doing them a solid when you do it. And I'm super grateful for it. And I remember in, in this last concert we were playing, we kept rehearsing this last note and, and, and it was one of the Carmen Dragon arrangements it was America the Beautiful. It's one of the other one he did. It ends on a high B flat and I'm playing it. And the director keeps saying like, you know, well, I think we're just having a hard time getting this final chord in tune. And he was being no more specific than that. And so I, after the fourth time of coming in on this note, you know, I'm like, is it me? Like, am I out of tune? And Jared Brown, who's the band director at Republic, he's like, I think you might be a little sharp. And I was like, Cool. Like that, that. All right. Yeah. And like, I lowered the pitch down a little bit and, he, and the director was like, all right, that's great. I'm like, why didn't someone say this four notes ago? Like, I, <laughs> I think I have good intonation, but not, none of us are perfect. Like anyway, you're either. So I, I think I'm, I'm also the kind of person that wants to be right, not to have been right. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always good with that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see everybody improve and, but you're, but Shannon, you nailed it. It's your heart. The, you know, the point isn't to say I, I'm a better musician than you. Let me tell you how much I know more than about this than you. It's to help someone to lift them up so they can also improve. Right. I think that's the intent behind and it. And if you can, if you can make them slightly better, they're going to enjoy it more. Right? right. But yes, you know, so there's a trade-off. I don't think anyone signs up for anything like that, especially if you're putting yourself out there, not feeling confident. Everyone wants to do a good job. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're there for that. They're not in there to, to make something worse or, or not improve. So I think that's also helps when you're giving instruction and, and telling people that they can do something better. It, you know, whether you're conducting or playing, when you're in that ensemble, you're part, you're part of the community. If you have the trust with the people, it's the, hey, let's be great together. Now I'm going to be great. Y'all have to match what I'm doing. It's, hey, let's all just tweak this and be great together so we can all elevate and pe people tend to really respect that mentality because they're all enjoying then the process. And that's really why they're there is the process. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do in our own classrooms too. We, we want to create that we're, we're all here together. So it's, it just, a lot of that just carries over into that community band rehearsal. So for those who want to participate in community bands, is, is there a, an online resource that kind of a directory of, 
community bands. I feel like all the ones I know about, I just sort of hear about somehow through a grapevine. And are you aware? Is there is there some kind of resource for this, or is this something we need to start? <laughs> I feel. I feel. I, know, I was like, let me Google it. Right I know. <laughs> I feel like I should know this answer, but I don't know that I've ever seen one. But man, yeah, maybe you should for, start one. This doesn't Anyone make for great to- podcasting, but I'm gonna. I am gonna literally Google this real quick. <laughs> I think if there isn't, I think that that's, that's something that can be improved on in the whole process yeah. of it. Because if you move into an area, I, I was brand new. I'd never lived in St. Louis when I first moved here and had no idea what, what was available or existed. And especially if you're if you're not within the music education community. Right. I mean, like as a as a band director, when you you move somewhere, then you got all these band director colleagues who are going to tell you about the community bands. But if you're just you know, if you're an accountant or a physician and you're looking for a place to play, but you don't necessarily have a tie in, then, yeah, you may not find out unless you really look. I think you're out of step, Donovan. That's right. There is there's an association of concert bands, acbands.org. And I don't know, I don't know that it's super well known. I'm looking at it right now and and I am seeing bands throughout like Missouri, but I put in my zip code and the first band that shows up is in Kansas City, North Little Rock, Hot Springs, the Cameron Municipal Band that Ann Goodwin-Clark directs, the St. Louis Wind Symphony. So that could be, so for any of you that are in charge or involved in a community band, maybe you can, you can list your band into this site. It might make it easier for people to to find acbands.org, the Association of Concert Bands. So there is a thing, a resource out there. We just need to, <laughs> they need to advertise or something. So we'll- Good to know, good to know. Give them a plug. Okay, so let's say that there isn't a, a band in your area or maybe there is, but there, maybe you want to start a different type of band. You you want, maybe you want a more advanced band or you want something more open to the community or you want to start a beginning band. One of the things I want to start is uh, there's, I'd love to do like a brass band down here because there's Arkansas for some reasons, chock full of them. And I'm driving two hours to rehearse with this Arkansas brass band. And then they also do a youth brass band. And I heard that youth brass band play and they were incredible. And I was just thinking, man, if I was a band director, I would want my kids in this. Cause those kids have like technique and fingers flying. Cause in brass band, you're having to play all the woodwind parts and like all, I mean, they were, and I found out that like over half the band were all state players. And I don't know if they were all state players before getting into the band or what happened, but <laughs> that, that has to develop musicianship, you know, getting to, to do that. And they were getting to rehearse with great conductors. It's almost like having an all state band that meets every week is kind of like what it felt like. So I, you know, I, I came back after that concert, like, man, I want to start it brass band in, in Southwest Missouri. And I remember we had this podcast coming. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to learn how to do it. So if we want to start a band, tell me kind of like what, what your inspiration was of how, why you wanted to start it. And how, you, you all take the conversation from here. Well, my how do we do it? My inspiration was Keely. So Keely has to start because she started one first and then I just copied her. So she can describe. <laughs> my inspiration was a couple different things. My The school that I was at at the time was Francis Howell Middle School, and it was very character education based. And so they were applying for the National School of Character, and which is a, a litany of questions that you have to look at and think about to apply. And one of the questions just was, how do you incorporate parents into your program, into your school? I took it as program and I had always just had them chaperone a field trip. That's all I had my parents do or help hand stuff out at a fundraiser. And so that 
made me start to think. And that was tied in with something at some point in my college life. There had been a very high percentage of parents who had one time played an instrument, and that's why their child was taking your class. So if that many people had been a musician, I just kind of married the two together into forming a community band that was based on having students and parents and faculty play together and hopefully inspire kids, students, to continue to make music when they left middle school or in high school and also have parents start finding that enjoyment. Because it, it really is. It, it's an enjoyment, head to toe enjoyment of, of making music with a group. So that's, that's where it started. So just, just a snapshot of, of what I did. There's a lot of front loading of just making sure parents get to know you and they feel comfortable coming in, whether it's during a concert or parent conferences and always having it up and, and displayed that you're doing this because most parents are like, oh, no, 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 it's been 20 years or my school nurse I remember was 30 years since I played, but she was in it every single year once we started, but building that confidence in them. And then, like I said earlier, picking the right music, knowing who my my audience was of the musicians sitting in front of me, what they would be able to handle. And I did it in a February and I just did four rehearsals with the concerts, knowing it would be a short concert. But I knew that that was my downtime sort of from the December, January concerts before getting into the spring concert. So that February month was a, a super important time when I first originally started it that I knew I could give that time in the evenings. And that worked well for me. And I've continued that model the, the whole time I've done this, which I think is since 2010. I was trying to go back and see, but I'm not positive. Wow. That sounds, that sounds about right. Because I would say, oh, we started ours here in 2012. And so I would think okay. that would be probably correct. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, so at the time, you know, Keely and I were in the same school district. So we would have our PLC meetings together and we we're always sharing just like what, you know, what kind of things we're doing and what new things we're trying. And, and I got to hear her just talk about this community band that she was doing with her parents and students and how, how much fun it was to see and how the kids were enjoying it. And, and, you know, it, for me, it was, I was, like, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I think that our parents would enjoy that too. Can I steal it? Can I just do it? And and so I got a chance to just listen to her about how she structured it for the first you know couple of years there before trying it here. And I think that's important if you're going to start a community band is that you find somebody who's done it and just like ask them a lot of questions, <laughs> you know, listen. And, and, and because you're you're, you learn as you go about the programming and about the, you know, how, what's the best way to reach people and get people to sign up. And, and, and Angelique, who couldn't join us today, I know, like, spent a lot of time on the phone with her when she was starting hers this past year, because she had done her student teaching here. And so she, you know, called and she was like, okay, what am I not thinking of? You know, what, what thing am I leaving out? Or what did you when you very first started? What did you think about? And so finding kind of a, a community band mentor, if you will, somebody who's willing to say, here's how I, here's what I did. And here's what didn't go well the first time around or things like that. I, again, like Keely said, I think the hardest part for me at the beginning was I had a, I had a pretty strong sense of, I, I was confident that I would get a lot of people in it. I didn't know exactly how many, but I wasn't worried about the instrumentation and I wasn't worried about, you know, if, if the instrumentation wasn't ideal, okay, we'll figure it out. You know, and if it's not, you know, 
hundreds of people the first time around. No big deal. But I was worried about the programming because much like Keely, like I, we do five rehearsals in a concert and with five rehearsals, you don't really have a chance to go, okay, we can't do that one. We have to replace it because you've already wasted <laughs> time. Right. And so I, I, my, my first year, it was like a, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to get with people signing up. I have no idea what, if this is going to be a great thing or not. So I'm always going to err on the easier side, right? It's a short turnaround. It's a, I want it to be enjoyable. I want people to have a good time and, and I don't want to waste rehearsal time. The nice thing about, you know, if you have a, an ahead of time sign up of some sort is you can start to see who's, who's rolling in on the sign up list. Right. And you can start to see those sections mm -hmm. as they, as they pan out. And, and as you do it longer, you know, now it's over a decade of doing those. You, I, I know I'm going to get a certain number of high school kids. I'm going to get a certain number of my seniors. And I know I'm going to get these, what these adults that come every year. And so now I, programming is easier because mm -hmm. I kind of know what I'm going to get. But at the beginning, it's just, you know, it's wise to start small, if you will, in terms of like how much you think you're going to be able to accomplish in those rehearsals. And I think it should be pointed out that Shannon, I don't know how big your school is, but I know I was from a school that had 850, I think 900 students. And I had about 250 to 70 in the band program. So I had a big pool to draw from as far as parents. There's going to be areas, obviously, you're going to have smaller schools sure. that they might want to combine with other directors. I think, isn't that what Winsville does? Is Winsville has a district one? Yeah, that's what Angelique did was a, a Winsville school district yeah. community band. And and here, it, for for the longest time, it was just, you know, the Sager community band, my middle school, which was a similar in size to Keeleysville, a little smaller, about, we have about 750 in a student population and around 200 to 210 in band usually. And so still a, a big pool though to choose from with mm -hmm. parents and stuff. But even like in the past few years, that's how I roped Drew here into, into joining me is that at first I just said, hey, like I, I could use this band is, has gotten huge now. We're at like hitting a hundred people and it's a lot of people to manage for one person how about you want to come play and co-direct with me and we could do some sectionals and you could do the brass and I could, you know, and then this past year, we kind of changed it to be include the students from his middle school as well that will eventually all go to this high school right across the parking lot. And so like, we're kind of trying to build it as like a, a, a bit of a more community based thing for that, that band community, if you will. And so it, it is okay, of course, to team up with somebody too, if you think that that's going to build your your base of, of possible people, but also, you know, the strength of the band and the community as a whole. Well, I think as we think through, I mean, that's such a great idea with the middle schools and being together and uniting, joining forces like that's That's like really smart. Anything you can do that are providing additional playing opportunities for students is great. And I love the idea of course, their parents getting back involved and parents and students like the story that Drew was shared about, I could play with his parents and band, like, any of that stuff, you're creating lifelong lasting memories that are going to be fantastic. As we think through the logistics, so you, let's cover some of the low hanging fruit first. Obviously, we have to have a place to rehearse, which if one is a, a band director putting this thing together, they probably have that sorted. I would imagine maybe needing to get permission from your administration to invite the public into your, your room. Talk to the custodians because sometimes the doors lock and parents <laughs> can't actually get in for the rehearsal. Just yeah. Second. Making sure you have like suitable percussion equipment and you likely, how do you handle maybe some of the, do you, 
is other than percussion and community band is it I mean, you're not having to provide any other instruments normally or anyway. I do provide some. It it depends. I mean, I have a parent whose student long ago graduated, but she still comes to play and she's an oboist, but she doesn't own her own oboe. And so she borrows a school oboe when she participates in the community band. Sometimes tubas are one that, you know, people used to play, but they don't own their own. So I have used some of our school instruments in that case. But again, if you're if you're a band director and you've got access to that rehearsal space and concert space, that's totally different than if you're a community member who doesn't. Right. I've also talked to local music stores just to ask them if it's okay. Can someone come in and rent it for one month Mm -hmm. and just one month? And I've never been turned down for that. So that's something that I'm able to include because I don't want that to be a hindrance on someone thinking, well, I don't have an instrument anymore. Or they can take the one that they've had under their bed for 30 years and go in and get it fixed and cleaned. So I feel like that also helps the local music company. Yeah. I think logistics wise, I like to like, you know, when I very first put out my school year calendar, like my dates are on there and I I start recruiting then like I start recruiting Mm -hmm. in September because it does give those people who need the time to maybe find an instrument or get it repaired or whatever a chance to do that. Another, you know, idea is not something that I've explored, but may after now that we're thinking about it, is it those local music stores sponsorship of sorts with your community band, you know, to maybe loan out some of those instruments to the members that need it or to sponsor. I have had, you know, local music stores sponsoring like a reception at the end, things like that, just to get them involved as well. It's a great PR piece for them too. And that could also be done. The reception can also be done through your PTO because they love to have opportunities to, to bring people together in the school. Agreed. So That's great. Yeah. I, uh, we as now Ernie Williamson music, because all of our stores are, finally under one name, which makes my life a lot easier. We're always sponsoring stuff like that. I mean, I, my rule of thumb, I'm anything that's bringing people together to make music in the community. I'm pretty much going to sponsor it, especially if it's instrumentally music based, but we're always involved. Most of the time that participation is like printing programs and stuff like that. Uh, We've done some, certainly done some receptions. If we needed to provide instrumentation, we certainly would be happy to, if it's things that like, you know, if, if, parents can or participants can rent instruments from us or pay to have their instruments service like if we can benefit from it directly we're not opposed <laughs> to that i mean it's because we try to we have to make a living as well but i, I know for us at least like i feel a, not just an obligation but like I, I i want to give back and support those things and i my answer is always yes As a matter of fact i think i bet i ask to participate and probably as many things than what I'm asked to participate in. And maybe people don't like that as much, but <laughs> I know when Winsville was doing a, a, like an invitational thing and I was like, that looks really cool. Like, do you need a sponsor? You know? And they're like, sure. sure like, do. okay. Like that. I buy the trophies or whatever. Like, let me know. And she's like, well, yeah, okay, great. And Missouri state for their bands of life summer camp, they're doing a director day. And like the clinicians for this, these, this director camps are, it's amazing. And so I got a hold of Brad Snow, like, I, I, can I be a sponsor? Like, I want to be, I want to be a part of this. This looks amazing. And he's like, well, what do you have in mind? I'm like, I don't know. How about 
door prizes. Like, let me, but I just want to do something like, I, this is great that you're doing this. Like, you know, let me, let me, let me participate. Right. Your so same thing with community bands. Music stores are a great resource for like your folders, of course, things like that, that you might oh, yeah. pen, pencils, anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to provide. But a few years in a row, we did a neat thing with a local music store called uh, like we did a buy it now table. And I had put out like a list of things that our band program really needed. And the music store brought a lot of those things that they had in stock to the community band concert and had them like displayed on a table outside in the lobby and and community members, audience members, parents, you know, that were there could stop by and buy like a bottle of valve oil that would go to the band program or a trumpet mute or a mouthpiece or, you know, things because they're, yeah, marimba. (laughs) I mean, it's a free event and there was no charge or anything like that, of course, but but it was a nice way for them kind of like to donate a little bit to the program, but in a really like tangible, they got to see what they were donating way as opposed yeah. to just like, here's some money. And so, you know, we had a lot of things on our list that we were trying to build at that, at that moment, like a, a selection of different mouthpieces that we wanted to have in the, in the room and things like that. And that were small that could be easily displayed, but people stopped and, you know, purchased, you know, probably half the stuff on our list at those at those concerts. And it was just kind of a nice way to involve the music store, to involve the community, to receive some donations for the program, but without, you know, just a please, please give money. That is such a great idea. I hadn't even thought about that. And that's kind of my job. I should be thinking <laughs> that's, that's so great though. And, and you're right. Like that's, you're getting, people are helping, helping directly. They're seeing exactly what their money is going towards. You're also like keeping the money in, in your community, which I think right. is important. Genius. Love that idea. I was going to say, sometimes people just don't know what we need. So having that table, I remember you had that out. I don't know if you used to do it at a concert or they, they just don't know that those things are out there and that just a small thing can support the community of your band program. And it's so many of those small things that get taken care of at a concert. You may not think like, you know, but it's, you know, every $5 bottle of valve oil that you don't buy, you're Mm -hmm. saving that for one of those bigger purchases that you do need to make. And, and it, it, that's, you know, it all adds up. It's a, it's a small way for the, you know, audience members to contribute to something bigger. You you, they they may not realize that by buying that they're actually helping you get a tuba down the road, but, but they kind of are. Since we are talking about funding, I I would think if I was someone who didn't have a community band, that one of the things I would ask would be like, how much does it cost? And, and just, it's really been at no cost because I've used all the music from my own library or borrowed from someone else's library. There's a specific piece. So that part was nice. It does take time, which is you know so precious to us as educators and band directors. But I think that the the cost of that time pays off a thousandfold in having people see who you are as a director, having people come into your school in a very much more, for me, relaxed concert setting. The audience, I feel like, feels like such a part of it because I have grandmothers, which their child is now the parent of a child who's in the band and they get to take pictures with them at the end. Just it that the retention I had seemed to improve when I started my community band. The kids that stayed in the program seemed to just go up for percentage-wise. So that time was well worth my time in, in the overall picture of things. 
you've done that so smart too by because there's a variety of ways to do it i mean like i know msu sort of does it along their school schedule more or less with four state we do three rehearsals and a concert i think we try to do three or four concerts a year so there's a variety of models you can kind of do the weekly every monday model if you want but you could also do what you what you all are doing the four or five rehearsals, one concert, that's all we're doing. So if you you don't have that time commitment, you could totally just do, we do one concert a year, we do this many rehearsals, and it's not that big of an investment. If you do it right in that February, your your concert can be the first week of March, which kicks off music in our schools. Oh, so smart. Yeah, that's a, that's a, my concerts are always in March for that reason. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it's a way for us to do something, music in our schools month, at a, at the middle of the semester time when the band classes aren't necessarily ready for a performance, you know, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. the community band is, and it is literally what music in our schools month is all about, right? Advocacy, sharing with your community. And like Keely said, for your parents and your community members to get to know you as a band director is, is, is different than just knowing you as their kid's teacher, right? For them to actually sit in the, in the audience, if you will, but in the band while you run a rehearsal, then they get to see some of the ways that you teach their children. And you all, they also get to see for lack, I mean, it's going to sound super cheesy, but like for those parents to hear some of my jokes, like, come on, then they can like go home and talk about how bad they are with their kids, you know, and then they have another common bond. But I think it just, it gives them a little bit of an insight to who you are as a person and not just a name on a, on their kid's schedule. It, it helps me like build those relationships with those parents that are there in a different way for sure. And, and the, as Keely said, the retention, I mean, uh, we've got high, I, I do my seating chart and I'm sure that, you know, Keely thinks about this kind of thing too. I do my seating chart so that like high school kids sit next to middle school kids sit next to parents, you know, so that they're building relationships with people that they wouldn't on a normal basis. And that right there, I mean, if you've got a sophomore in high school playing with an eighth grader, well, eventually they're going to be in a band together. And now they already know those people. The recruiting starts to kind of happen for itself. It's also, it can also be a confidence builder for some of your seventh or eighth grade kids if they get to sit by an adult that hasn't played in 20 years and they get to remind them how to do some stuff. You know, it they get to teach for a little bit. They get to be the one that shows that trumpet player which finger this is. They haven't played that note in a while. You know, it can be almost its own it drives its own uh, recruiting too because then the high school kids like they come back and play and they recruit the kids who never played in it and you know it just builds on itself i had the, the cutest thing happened so when i kept a parkway i debated having a community in my very first year but then i figured why not go all in and i had families that would get together on the weekends at their own homes and practice mm. together. And that one was just, I, I, I hadn't heard that before. So I thought that was very fun. They had like their own little mini band concerts at their house. And then I had fun. a mom who would come in, I would have after school help sessions for the students. And she would come in at least three times and get help with the mallets. And then another one brought her music to parent-teacher conferences. Clarinet, <laughs> That's awesome. Me about B-flats <laughs> and B-naturals. So it really, it puts you still as an educator, but at a different view, a different lens for the parents. You're, you're a mm-hmm. human educator, which mm-hmm. I think we all need right now. Agreed. I just think it's a really great way to round out our our programs in the eyes of our stakeholders. You know, we talked about like, here's what our parents see when they're on the other side of the podium. But, you know, it's, I also think it's really cool for us that, you know, we make a big deal to invite 
anybody who's attached to our community from, you know, school board to administration to grandma's second cousin, everyone come and see what we're all doing together. And I think, you know, band programs are often, and we're expensive in the eyes of the community. We ask for a lot in terms of money and in terms of time and in terms of decisions and support. So anytime that we can take a minute and give back and say, okay, here's what you're doing for us. Like, but here's what we can show you. Here's how we can all be a part of this together. It makes some of those big asks that we have sometime a little bit less because they see everything that we do, not just for our kids, but for what, you know, how we fold in all of the stakeholders. And that Drew, that's, that's a great point. You're in, yeah, it's it's more than just your program. Your program is serving just more than the kids that are in the building. Your program is truly serving the community the way that you're doing it. And you are getting not only your administration's buy-in if they are seeing this, but you're seeing the community involvement and buy-in. Like, yeah, that's 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 genius, not only for the security of your program, but also for people's willingness to invest in it. And I think uh, just the, yeah, the music smart. education community as a whole, I mean, I, I the way I look at it, too, is that we, we're inviting these parents and, you know, Board of Education members and people at the admin building and things like that. They they see the support that the band program has, the number of kids that are involved, the parents that are involved, the community that it builds. And then even if they don't stay in our community, right, I mean, even if they go on to another community, like, you know, chances are they, they start to hear about the band there and they go like, oh, I know what a band is like. I know what a band can do for a community. I know what a strong musical education in a school can do for that school. I know what it can do for the, you know, the parents. I mean, one one of my principals one time said, you know, a third of our kids are in your band program. And so like a third of our band parents, you know, a third of our parents for our whole school to, you know, have have this as their lens through that the, they see our school through. Right. And so that's great for the community as a whole. And and I think that you're serving just the, the greater good of music education, if you will, not to get, you know, too philosophical, but by by putting it out there for so many different people to experience. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I obviously we're all believers in this. We spend our time and effort energies, money to build it. And I think if there's, if someone is hearing this and, you know, realizing they'd like to get involved and don't have something like this, or they want to do something maybe that's more, that's has more student involvement, like what you all have described. I think the key thing is just to, just to get started with it. Right. I mean, you've kind of laid it out. It's not super daunting to do. It's, you can put as much time into it as you want. I doesn't have to be a weekly rehearsal thing. Like, like, Keely, you mentioned a few rehearsals and then performance at, in March, like great way to do it where it doesn't take a lot of time. But you still get that, that reward. And I would imagine that you all would be happy to answer questions if folks have yeah, them absolutely. and that people can reach out. And Shannon, your suggestion of getting a mentor to help with that is so key. One of the people who's been kind of a mentor for me, and certainly I listen to a lot, has often says that like, you know, some sometimes if you want to know how to do something, it's more important to know who to ask than how than how to do it, you know? And then he, he means also to, sometimes he just means like, sometimes it's just better to ask someone else to do it for you. Nothing wrong <laughs> for that. In this case, that might be a little bit difficult. Please Although don't I'm ask kinda, us to run your community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my mother was like that. My mother was so hysterical. I remember one time I was sitting there with my older sister and my mother looks at her, she goes, you know, I have always wanted to learn to do sign language. Like you should learn how to do that and then teach me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like, 
mom like that's yeah okay here. anyway but yeah run your own community bands but if you'd like some some guidance and, and mentorship and, and answers then then the three here are happy to do it mm-hmm. anything else that we should mention that we haven't covered thus far well i think that if you aren't in a school and you're looking for you know rehearsal spaces and things like that i think you could still reach out to schools right you know i think that many schools you know do rent their spaces, have a system for that. And and th- then it doesn't become as free as like Keely mentioned earlier, it can be a no cost for us. But it, you would I think you would also be surprised that people would support it. You know, I think that if you if you start the word of mouth talking about who you, you want involved, I think you would, you know, people would be glad to contribute to something if they can be a part of it, too. And so I think there's always options for funding if it's not a no cost activity in your situation. I think it's an opportunity for partnership in that situation. If you're a community member not tied to school, find somebody who is connected for a school and say, you know, maybe we can work out a way to use the space and then we'll contribute some music. We'll we'll contribute some volunteerism. We'll we'll work with you so that everyone can have some of that mutual benefit. And then there, you'd be surprised at how many members start to overlap in that community ensemble when you work together with the school system or with the local university, the local college, the local professors, the people who are musically active in your community. And this is just a random thing, but when you send out the sign-up lists or whether it's, I I would do both paperwork that would go home and I would also do an email blast, you know, anyway, newsletter, all of that to get the word out because you might have somebody whose kid's not in band that was a musician. So it doesn't just have to be from your students. It really can be from anyone in the school. Also trying to convince faculty to be part of it encourages more kids to be part of it. And on that form, put something about where they think their level is. And I used to have, I forgot how to put my instrument together (laughs) via level one. And then I had St. Louis Symphony is waiting for me as level 10. And so they would tell me like where they were. And I actually did end up having a parent who played for the St. Louis Symphony. Kind of <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, I was like, did anybody put 10? Yeah, I did. I had one 10. So, and then I had someone put a nine. That's awesome. my dad plays for the symphony. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, but that gives you, that'll give you more of an idea when you are trying to select the music if you can get that done far ahead of time. And then the only other thing is some parents really want the music prior to that first rehearsal. So having that available in, in my, my setup, having that available in January so that they walk in feeling a little bit more confident in that, that February 1st rehearsal. Always. That's a, that's a great suggestion. Like I, there's a couple of different bands that I play that we get music in advance and four state wins. Craig puts all the folders together mm-hmm. and distributes the folders. Usually he actually just takes them to our store and drop them and then people just come to pick it up, which Honestly, I, I think everyone appreciates because they get the music sooner as the store owner. I appreciate that people will people come into come our in. store. Like I mean, it's just always, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. nice to have nice them come in <laughs> and see what we have. Like, I'm grateful for that. And then one of the things that I do, and I started this just for myself because it was very useful for me, but I put together a YouTube playlist of all of the recordings of mm-hmm. what we're playing to. And then when I practice, I've got a Bluetooth speaker set up like a, a big like PA kind of Bluetooth speaker and I play along with the recording. And so I get to say like, oh yeah, last night I got to play with the Marine band and the, <laughs> the, the set and the other. And, uh, and like you were getting to play like generally great groups. Everyone, sometimes you'll, 
only find like you're playing a song like I can only find like the Lincoln County Middle School that performed this. So <laughs> I'm playing with that. But the most time I can find something else. And it's just more far more enjoyable to practice your music along with a recording than it is to just sit there with it on your stand and kind of like try to slog through it or whatever. And there's times you have to do that. You get like something to get it work on technically. And then there's a great music slowdown or plug in for Chrome and in any Chromium based browser that can take streaming music and reduce the speed without reducing the key. You can even adjust the intonation and the key if you need to. But that's a really great tool as well because sometimes like we'll play up play something that's just too fast. Like I I need to work it up. And so being able to, to practice that way. And so when I create these playlists, I always share them in the groups that I'm in so that people not only have their music, they can also you know start listening to and practicing along with the playlist. And I know for me it helps me feel far better prepared. And when I come to that first rehearsal, I'm almost performance ready by the opening rehearsal. And I, I think it just, it's help. It helps. It's a, it's a great tool and it makes it, it more fun. I enjoy a it. Great byproduct of that is the parents hear you suggest that in the rehearsal. So then they know their students should be doing that all year long. Yeah. They should be practicing and they have these tools and so that's a great byproduct of the parents being in there and hearing well, and those things. We all know as part as part of music education that's that when people don't necessarily understand what bands do, that they think that music just happens on command, right? And that, you know, can you guys pr- provide 30 minutes worth of music next week, you know, like at, at a middle school level, you know, like, and I think that getting the the parents and, and staff members, community members involved in the process of make of rehearsing music gives them that insight to like how long it actually takes to get things performance ready, right? How much work does it take? And, and one thing that I would plug for anybody that's doing, especially a school-based community band is to get as many of your administrators and staff members involved as you can, even if they don't really play something. So I have had, I haven't, I always have an option in my recruiting emails that says like, if you just want to be in this band, but you honestly, you don't and never have played something, I will find a spot for you. Mm -hmm. And that might mean that, you know, they're playing triangle on, yeah, yeah, they they might be playing wind (laughs) chimes or triangle and there might be a high school student standing next to them to tell them when to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it gives, you know, I, one of my principals had never been in band and I, I got hurt, but just to do it one year, she said, okay, one year I'll do it just to, so, but for her to be a part of those five rehearsals and to be a part of watching what all the kids had to do and to for her own like stress level of like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this correctly, you know, and and what help do I need for playing triangle or playing wind chimes or playing whatever it might be suspended symbol, you know, it gives them a chance to kind of witness the hard work that goes in every day. And, and I think that you can find a spot for just about anybody if you want to. Right. You know, if you really want to and if they want to be a part. That's such a great idea. Shannon, so good. Really, the three of you, just fantastic. You guys had so much to offer today and so much to share. And this has been a really great conversation. Keely, I loved how you were thinking originally, you're like, it's an hour and a half to do this. Like, there's no way we'll have that much. Like, please, like we could keep going. I'm only cutting us off because I see my battery is getting low, but, uh, but I just appreciate the three of you. It's clear just from this 
brief conversation, the passion and commitment you have for music education, students, and just music in general. And I'm super, super, super grateful for what you do. And I think it's, I know it's often, it's a very rewarding job, but sometimes it's also shared the appreciation of the way it should be. So thank you for doing it. And thanks for doing this podcast in your summer. This is your time off. And I know that at least two of you look like you're in your offices in your band room. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not Keely. She's got enough All experience right. to know to take that break. But <laughs> Well, thank you so much for inviting us. This was oh, yes. Glad you did it. And again, so. Your podcasts have been amazing. Like I really enjoyed listening to them. Even if I get 10 minutes and I can listen and then come back later, but they, they have really been if, if nothing else, even if it's not an idea I'm going to use, I hear someone else's point of view and, and how they are approaching things and maybe even just the situation. Like I never thought about smaller schools and yeah. Yeah. So the, those sorts of things, it's just been more eye opening and you yourself are creating a community through these podcasts. So a, a community of understanding. So yeah. really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I need to get back. Like I, I want to get back to doing it. I had to kind of take a break just at one point I was doing because I have two podcasts I was doing like you know an at least an episode a week and then for every episode there's a couple of hours of like editing and stuff and uh, I don't get paid for any of it <laughs> like this is right. not and like this was it was getting like oh, so it's a little much but yeah but I want to get back into it and I you know really miss this and and it's fun and I I think it's a great way to share and help and it and it's a great there's so many people that we work with that are sort of unsung that they they don't necessarily they may not present at MMEA or at MBA or Midwest and and other people in our community in our in our in our state don't know the resources that are that are here hell I I don't know like I know you all the three of you through references from other people I actually don't know the three of you outside of any of this and so I've just found it super useful. So I just feel like we all do something well. There's something that every director does well. And I feel like that's what you are highlighting is, is you are finding something that, that someone does well and sharing that. So, yeah, well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for, for participating in it.